Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. It's the Advertising Show, and welcome back for another weekend here with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Today our special guest is Lars Bassholm, uh, Executive Creative Director at AKQA out of New York, and that's where Lars is today. Uh, we're looking forward to talking f- with him for the, the entire two hours, too. We've got uh, Patrick Meyer on the way, too. Jeffrey Gittimer, Andy Borowitz, the wacky world of marketing. And today, Brad, I understand we're doing the advertising showcase. That'll happen later on this hour. Oh, yeah. This is good. My goodness. Yeah. You're, you're loud today. This is good. I like that. You like it? Very good. Do I need to speak softly? No, no, just speak the way you're speaking. It's a good thing. Okay. Very good. So we are we are uh, happy to be back with you, and uh, we also uh, obviously have been uh, much affected by the events of this past week. Uh, the entire advertising industry has been affected, as well as uh, you know, obviously the people in the uh, in the path of uh, Katrina. Did you did you hear, Brad? Uh, the GSDNM out of Austin. Uh, they did ads for the American Red Cross featuring. Aaron Neville, uh, produced by GSD and M, created not long after Katrina struck the Gulf Coast, campaign being distributed by the Advertising Council. They do a good job of that. They're spearheading the uh, the charge to secure free airtime and web inventory for the fundraising effort, although you really can't get away from uh, the effect of uh, the relief efforts. I mean, Clear Channel's doing stuff. I'm sure CBS Infinity is doing stuff as well. I'm, I'm sure everybody has uh, gotten involved uh, with uh, with helping out stuff. All I can say is the FEMA director needs to update his resume, and he <laughs> needs to do it quickly. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a shame, Brad, I, you know, not to get off the subject of advertising, but I think it's a r- real shame that uh, the mayor of New Orleans couldn't have been a little bit more eloquent <laughs> in his yeah. bashing of the federal government and right. the president and the governor and the FEMA and mm-hmm. this and that. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a shame when people get in a situation like that. You know, obviously the man was stressed out. But it would have been much more effective, uh, minus all the profanity. I the couldn't thing, agree more. The thing that he did. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I applaud him for doing that. Uh, it seems like he got stuff going. Well, and, you know, I guess when you uh, talk that way, I've, seen, I've heard some without the bleeps and some uh, with the bleeps. And I've got to tell you, you, you talk like that, and you're, gonna, you're assured of one thing. It's going to be picked up by a variety of media outlets, and it's going to be sure. repurposed, and it's going to get out there. But I agree. You, you know, uh, I guess some of the people there were probably glad to hear uh, the mayor speak it with such uh, passion, but uh, could have kept it clean. You know, speaking of, uh, of things going on, and hats off, Ray, as you mentioned about GSD&M and Aaron Neville, uh, uh, for participating in the help uh, there. Kind of a PSA announcement that I'm going to hold for just a second, but a very important announcement pertaining to uh, the New Orleans media. But, but of course, with the disaster in New Orleans, uh, you know, the city's remaining media outlets are, of course, reporting on nothing but the chaos left by Hurricane Katrina are few. And, and mm-hmm. in particular, just as a quick update on this uh, 
message from MediaLifeMagazine.com. Of the city's TV stations, only the CBS affiliate as of last uh, Thursday, uh, only the CBS affiliate, WWL-TV, continues to broadcast, doing it from Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. The city's newspaper, the Times-Picune, is publishing uh, only on its own uh, on its website. Uh, apparent advanced communications is not venturing to guess as to when it will resume putting out a print edition, but uh, currently online only. And shame on uh, <laughs> Media Life magazine for only covering uh, television and print because I'm sure there are radio outlets there that uh, yeah. some are broadcasting and some are not. This story, which was fairly lengthy, you know, multiple, I guess about ten paragraphs, uh, did not mention uh, – Radio, and I also am curious. We, one of our local sponsors in our home market of Houston, is Viacom Outdoor. I'm curious if the outdoor companies in New Orleans were able to get the uh, the panels, their structures, uh, down hmm. before the hurricane. Typically, when those kind of situations come about, the uh, outdoor companies pull down those uh, panels uh, in order to keep from any kind of uh, wind uh, damage to the f- to the uh, actual uh, right. uh, monopole or, or the outdoor f- uh, structure. No, Brad, that's be an- what insurance is for. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it, real quickly, Ray, uh, NOLA.com, N-O-L-A.com, the website for the New Orleans per- Times-Picune, uh, has put out a call for skilled producers. We're going to read this again next hour. Skilled producers who want to work on a temporary basis, according to Advanced Internet President Peter Weinberg, the site. Uh, initially is seeking some freelance ho- uh, help in weeks and possibly months ahead to enable it to better cover the massive hurricane aftermath, although the uh, website's uh, staff, currently 15, is being uh, moved to Baton Rouge. The company is uh, not at this point thinking of having temporary producers be in Baton Rouge, but rather work from the uh, place wherever they happen to reside. And just please note, and if you uh, are interested in this, online news professionals interested in helping out NOLA, Dot com are being asked to email to G Territo, J T E R R I T O, J Territo at advance.net. I'm sure if you just go to advance.net and, and uh, email anyone about the need for freelance help in, uh, at NOLA.com, somebody will get it to you. But J T E R R I T O at advance.net. Advance.net. We'll make this announcement again next next hour. Okay, this is good. Let's uh, let's uh, do a quick check in with uh, uh, Patrick Meyer here on the advertising show right now. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today, I'm going to respond to a question I had recently about what I call the marketing revolution. How do you know it's really going on? Here's my answer. I took an issue of Advertising Age. Let me walk you through some of the headlines. The first one, A&A, 4As, agitate for upfront changes. It is clear that there is substantial dissatisfaction and frustration with the current process. Second headline, Interpublic donated X hundred thousand dollars to a political campaign. Isn't Interpublic the agency last year that was having major financial problems? Third headline, New York AdFest takes shape. Next September, there will be a whole week to celebrate advertising in New York City. Maybe the advertising and marketing model is a little bit more important than the celebration and the awards. Next headline, WPP facing shareholder opposition over incentives. We just did a survey recently at Now Inc. that said that CEOs and CMOs, 71% believe that mega agencies are too focused on financial performance versus focusing on marketing for the client. Next headline, IKEA courts buyers with offbeat ideas. Well, you just want to applaud IKEA. Coming at it with a whole different approach. Next headline, 
media agencies struggle to manage client conflicts. That's all about the money. How do you optimize the big agency or mega agency financial performance? Last headline, Madison Avenue out of touch? Study finds industry needs to address marketers' new challenges. My headline, it's a wake-up call for marketing and advertising. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer, CEO of Now, and remember, the marketing revolution has begun. For more, go to nowinc.net. And it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Uh, uh, just about to join in conversation out of New York with uh, the legendary, it's not just Lars, it's mm-hmm. the legendary Lars right. Bassholm, mm-hmm. Executive Creative Director at AKQA out of New York. Talking about Katrina, ABC pulling their on-air promotional ads for an upcoming Warner Brothers produced series, Invasion, which chronicles life after a devastating hurricane in mm-hmm. a small town. Uh, they still plan to premiere the drama 21st of September, though. Why the decision? But I doubt that they'll. Uh, I doubt that they'll. It, is it a series or a movie? Well, it seems to be a series. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, no, it is committed. a series. Yes. Yeah, they're committed. You know, it's interesting. Did you find it interesting that Lars does not have the major accent that we were both anticipating today? Yeah, he probably grew up, grew up in Berea, Ohio, or something <laughs> well, like no, that. No, he you know? grew up in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, he doesn't sound like it, though, does he? What's well, kind of a Southern Netherland accent? <laughs> that's true. Even though I don't know what the heck that is, you see. I don't. That's a generic reverence to you know up that way. Okay, so yeah. Lars will be with us <laughs> in just a few minutes here on the hey, you know, show. Ray, this was very interesting. Very quickly in the Wall Street. Well, we'll save it for next. Uh, How quick can you say time. that? Well, bloggers are about to be sued, and I'll tell you more about it at the end of the hour. But Film it's a at 11. Deal. Yeah. Film at 11, and yep. our news crew is on it right now. Breaking <laughs> news. It's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show, and back in just a minute with more. We'll uh, start off with uh, Lars Bathsholm in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What is this, a sleepwalking conference? Where's your laugh, you jazz? Come on, kid. Wake up. Thanks. I dated that. If you need waking up, <laughs> Well, we're awake and ready for an interview now here with Ray Shillings <laughs> and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Our special guest for this hour and next hour, Brad, we are calling him Larry as opposed to Lars, okay? <laughs> Lars would be uh, short for Larry. No, I'm joking. When AKQA opened its doors in uh, 04 of, in New York, Denmark's legendary Lars Batsholm was placed at the helm as executive creative director. Uh, Lars has been working in the interactive uh, marketing industry for about 10 years, over 10 years now. Uh, after starting up Gray Interactive in Scandinavia, he joined uh, Framfab in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, as creative director. There he worked on some of the world's most recognized brands, including Nike, Lego, the Coca-Cola Company, and Carlsberg, one of your faves. Lars is one of the most reward-winning creatives in the uh, digital marketing industry, having won three Cyber Lines uh, Grand Prix, uh, six Clios, four One Show Interactive Pencils, five London International Advertising Awards, to name a few. In 04, Lars served as uh, Internet Jury Chairman at the uh, 2004 Clios and was recently featured in the book How to Catch the Big Idea, the Strategy, strategy of Top Creatives. And Lars... We're out of time. Your bio's too long. Can you get it down to 30, and where's the phone number? 
I'll work on it, and I'll try to get used to the name Larry. <laughs> yeah. <go. laughs> and by the way, with that last name, Bastholm, I mean, how often do you say that, Ray? Maybe we can just call him the Basti guy. I just call him Larry. Yeah. That's fine. Hey, and you know, you mentioned Carlsberg beer. Uh, remember on radio years ago when they used to, and I mean years ago, when they used to do uh, identify that sound? What do you think that was? It was a bottle cap, Brad. <laughs> well, we're not going to set that aside, Ray. You're not supposed to be doing that on the air. Okay. Hey, uh, Lars, Lars, thank you for joining us. Let's jump into a little bit of background about a, uh, KQA, which many of our listeners are familiar, but maybe some are not. Let's, let's describe for a second your company and, and the role that you play as executive grave director. What, a little peek into the life and times of a typical day for Lars. And don't tell me every day is different and it's not <laughs> typical. Just, you know, make something up. Uh, I'll make something up on the fly. Well, basically, um, AKQA is a, an interactive marketing company, mostly interactive. It breaks down to about 80% interactive, 20% traditional advertising. And uh, we're global in that we're in, um, in San Francisco, New York, D.C., London, and in Singapore. So, uh, so we span pretty much the entire globe. Um, a traditional day for me, damn it, you really took that one where I, I can't say every day is different. But I guess, um, I guess a typical day would be working with a number of different clients on trying to put together their, um, their digital uh, creative strategies, figuring out what they can do to, uh, to stand out and uh, how we can communicate uh, what it is they need to communicate most efficiently. So you had that effort up as executive creative director. I assume that each of the other offices you mentioned have creative directors that uh, uh, function in each office, correct? They do, yes. Uh, we actually have um, an AKQA creative council of five people who are the executive creative directors across the different offices, and uh, we meet up three times a year to discuss uh, how we best work together as an agency chain and uh, what challenges we're sort of meeting every day, how we can become better at it, and um, that kind of thing. Yeah, and for the, any clients listening out there, that was a creative council, not committee, that only re, you know only gets together three times a year, not every week, to try to do advertising by uh, committee, not committee, but just to kind of see if they can work uh, more efficiently and, and share each other's uh, thoughts on that process. Uh, when it comes to understanding online consumers, how, how do companies, Lars, like your own, help comp- help uh, your client companies understand what their consumers are? Uh, wanting or needing in a, in a website. Take us through the process. Mm. Well, obviously we do research in, in the way that everybody who needs to communicate to different target groups do research. Anything from interviewing uh, potential users of a website to uh, following how they use the uh, existing websites out there to um, bring them in and putting them in front of a website that uh, that we've built to see how they interact with it and if it's, um, if it's uh, optimally built to do what we want it to do. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes to defining online goals for a company's customers, uh, research you mentioned, uh, we won't go into the details on that. I assume it's both uh, uh, traditional and non-traditional research. The, uh, how much does the opinion of the uh, CMO or the client side uh, come into play? I mean, I've got to believe that it's a dicey situation where you're asked to come in and help, and, and uh, you know, you got you're looking at something that could be improved, but yet at the same time there's got to be a client side, uh, CTO, CMO, someone that's been involved with that up until that point, and, you know, you're, you're being asked to improve it, but yet you, you can't say, you know, what you have there really sucks and you, you need some change. I mean, how, how do you deal with that? Well, it depends on when in the process you get uh, invited to join the show. Uh, sometimes there is a pretty stated strategy in place, and uh, the CMO knows what they want to achieve. And sometimes the, the, you get in a little earlier in the process, and you can uh, you can help influence uh, what the communication goals will be and uh, the strategy for executing those goals. 
Um, of course, when everything's already set in stone, when you get in, it's relatively limited what you can change from a strategy perspective. Then all you have to do is create something that fulfills the strategic goals that, uh, that the CMO has. So do uh, you ever come across situations where the strategy is off, but yet since you're not asked to address <laughs> that, you avoid it? Or do you have to feel something in your gut that says, I've got to share this with these people? Well, you try and, and, and you try and sort of sneak it out there in a way that uh, doesn't make people run away uh, too scared of what you're thinking. Um, and obviously sometimes you, you're successful with uh, with your strategy for communicating that their strategy might not be working. And mm-hmm. other times you're, you're, as I guess everybody is now and then, tasked with doing something that uh, that you're, you're suspicious and maybe a little bit doubtful as to whether it's exactly the right thing to do. Yeah. And I like that word, sneak it out there. You, you, you throw some ideas out there, and depending on how it's received, determines whether you push further on it or if it's rejected early, you feel like you might be dealing with some sensitive issues or egos or whatever, I would assume. As long as the client believes it's their idea, exactly. Right? <laughs> well, that's well, the tricky part. D- diplomacy skills is part of the game. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's interesting because I would imagine if the if the strategy needs to be improved but they don't want that help, uh, you, you give them what they want, and you cash the check, as we say. Uh, it's interesting. I, I want to get your take. We just have a little bit over a minute left here. Uh, to what degree, Lars, from your perspective, has creative changed? And, and if so, is it changed in a good way or a bad way? Well, I don't know if you can say that creative per se has changed. I think creative is still uh, about a good idea that succinctly communicates what you need to communicate. Uh, but I think the tools have changed, and I think the channels are changing dramatically and very rapidly at the moment. Hence, uh, maybe what you thought was the best execution of a creative idea might not be the best anymore. So you need to look at the different channels uh, and that are out there and say, who am I talking to? Uh, is TV necessarily the best solution? Is print the best solution? Is online the best solution? Is What is the best solution, and what are the tools that I can employ in, um, in service of this good idea that, I'm, uh, that, that we have to communicate. Yeah, that's uh, the concept I think you're speaking of is being media neutral and just letting uh, whatever the best choices are that are out there, let that drive, uh, drive your media selection. Uh, so, so the tools and channels have changed very briefly. Uh, I assume the messaging has to change as well, don't you think? Well, it depends on what you what you think uh, the messaging is. Because if if you have a, a certain message to communicate, uh, you just pick like the, the best channel for it. But um, if the message is radically different, maybe the medium has to be as well. We're going to take a break here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, our special guest Larry Barber. That's what his name is now. <laughs> Lars Bathholm, executive uh, creative director of AKQA, back in just a moment with more on the advertising show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. It's the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth in our Liverpool tees today. My goodness, those are attractive. Legendary Lars Batsholm is our special guest out of New York uh, this weekend. AKQA is the uh, the agency. Executive creator dir- uh, director is what Lars does in New York. And uh, we've got Lars for this hour and uh, for next hour as well. By the way, Brad, I was uh, looking uh, today at CNN, and uh, did you know that the federal government has leased 
three cruise ships uh, to house people on. Isn't that incredible? Hmm. They, they, I had not heard for that. like the next twelve months. They have wow. uh, Carnival Cruise has three ships that they uh, they uh, picked up the tab on, and they're putting people on boats. Where do you? Let's put hope them? they don't I mean, get the flu. Do you take them up the Mississippi? I mean, where do you put them? No, they're actually going to be based in Galveston, so oh. they, they will be living apparently on the uh, on the boats right there. Well, good for them. Yeah, isn't that yeah. kind of cool? So yeah. uh, that's not, not, now they, they didn't get them for free. They, the federal government leased. Oh, them. I'm sure. Okay, yeah. So that's good. Hey, before we get back to our interview with Lars, let's uh, let's check in uh, as we do every week uh, with Jeffrey Gittimer here on the Advertising Show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. You ever hear I'm satisfied with my present source? Oh, man. Knowing the reasons why an existing relationship is satisfactory will help you understand how to proceed. I'm satisfied with my present source should bring you to the question of why. Well, here are the top 12.5 reasons your product likes the vendor he's currently using. Number one, he's got great price or a great deal. He's got perceived value. Number two, the quality of the product or service. Number three, he has a special business relationship. Number four, he has a personal relationship. Much stronger. Number five, he has used this supplier for years. Number six, no risk, no hassle, or no problems. He gets what he wants when he wants it. There's no reason to upset the apple cart. He feels safe with the existing status quo. Number seven, here's your opportunity. He doesn't know any better. He only thinks he's getting a good deal or good service. Number eight, the vendor helped me when I needed it. Real tough to break that one. Number nine, great, friendly, immediate service. Number ten, in stock, immediate delivery. Number 11, personalized service does favors for the guy. Number 12, told by someone else, this is who we buy from. He was referred. And number 12.5, the buyer's just plain lazy. He's got a vendor. He doesn't want to change. He isn't spending his own money because he's not the boss. And maybe the prospect likes the product you have and he just doesn't like you. Now, there's a thought. But if you can find out which one of these 12.5 reasons applies to your situation, you can change the outcome. If you can't, you're wasting your time. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. And it wouldn't be an ad that Lars did, okay? Lars Batsom, our special guest here, the executive creative director at AKQA out of New York. Lars, welcome back to the advertising show. Thank you. Yeah, and before we talk about some of uh, AKQA's recent ad uh, campaigns, or or online campaigns, I should say, for some of your clients, let's talk a little bit about viral marketing, Lars. I I think a lot of uh, marketers out there here about viral marketing but don't really understand how to execute it. I think there would be issues of control uh, and, and being able to control the outcome of what you're wanting to do virally. But let's talk a little bit. I mean, I'd like to get your take on uh, uh, how hard it is to achieve a successful viral marketing campaign and what advice you'd have for someone wanting to explore this. 
Right. Well, obviously, creating a successful viral marketing campaign is pretty tricky for a number of reasons. Um, one, is that it has to be contagious enough to actually become viral. You're essentially asking people out there to send advertising back and forth to one another, so doing, their, doing the advertiser's job for them. So in order for that to happen, it needs to be either incredibly funny, incredibly rude, or um, very overtly sexual in nature, most likely. There seems to be sort of the three different types of things that become viral. And I think what, what we often see is when our clients come to us and say, we'd love for you guys to do something viral. And then we come back to them with something that, um, that would most likely hopefully work. They go, whoa, we can't go there. Hmm. And uh, that, that hmm. remains the challenge for people wanting to create viral, is that they have to be prepared to step outside of the bounds that they might want to do uh, in their normal advertising. That's interesting. I'd never heard rude, funny, and sexual as being the elements, and you've just uh, helped me and Ray understand why we, the advertising show, are so successful online. <laughs> the uh, I, I'm curious uh, about I'm viral. Rude. No, I'm funny. <laughs> You're sexual. <laughs> about uh, vi- viral web video seems to be all the thing today with uh, affecting traditional advertising in a big way, and a lot of a lot of people are going in this direction. I'm not sure if they know what they're doing once they go. Uh, with an attempt of viral web video. Talk a little bit about uh, this new idea. Yeah. I guess it's really not that new, and, and some things to be leery of with regard to that. It's interesting that you say attempt to go down that route, because I think that's exactly what a lot of people are doing. They're attempting to go down that route, and only a fairly small percentage of it uh, is successful. Um, I think a good example of something that worked uh, recently was uh, Axe, the, uh, the deodorant for teenagers, I guess. Um, they did a viral piece that was uh, camouflaged as... Um, as a, a news segment about this uh, tiny little uh, village up in Alaska where, where only men lived. Uh, they were all up there uh, mining or uh, drilling for oil or what have you. And it was hard to uh, convince females to uh, come up to this uh, remote town. So what they hmm. did in this viral uh, video was that uh, they disguised it as a news broadcast and they had a plane fly over this town and spray axe deodorant over the town. <laughs> Obviously, the results of that were that women uh, came to this uh, town in droves, but literally buses full uh, of young uh, women um, came and started coming to this town. And I think that, that one worked. People passed it on to their friends because it was, it was funny. It had a little bit of the sexual humor in it, and it was unexpected because um, it was so well disguised that you didn't initially think, oh, well, I'm being advertised to. You were thinking, I'm being uh, informed, or I'm being... And then as the segment went on, you were thinking, I'm amused. This is funny. So you didn't see it coming as advertising. And I think that's uh, another, um, another thing we'll see more and more, where good advertising is disguised as something else, and you don't really mind uh, being advertised to if you're being entertained, and it's good entertainment at the same time. Well, that's a good point. I guess you're still dealing with issues of control, and you'll always be dealing with that, and, and you've got to be willing to, I guess, take that risk and, and not really know how well, you know, how, you, how you'll achieve your goals. I'm wondering, let's talk a little bit about blogs for a second. Uh, you know, I know you have one, and many do out there. Is it important to define uh, what your objectives are in creating a blog, Lars? I mean, some people seem to just create a blog and really don't have any thought behind what they hope to achieve with a, a blog. Is Shouldn't it required to have an objective? Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on what you want the blog for. I mean, I have a personal a blog that I just use to share my experiences with friends and family with, um, and some advertisers think that uh, that blogs are the solution to uh, all the ills that ail them these days, which mm-hmm. is, is obviously not the case. I mean, blogs are really good for reaching uh, specific numbers of people with very set opinions. 
most blogs have fairly limited readership, uh, but they, some of the blogs have readerships that are first movers in everything they do. So if you want to reach, say, the gaming community uh, that are really into finding out what the latest stories about gaming are and what's upcoming on the horizon in terms of new releases, etc., gaming blogs will be a, a great place to advertise because you're getting to all the right people. But mm -hmm. it's, it's really a matter of, of micro-segmenting uh, when you uh, do blog advertising if you want it to be very effective, I think. So it's really the, the who is blogging, I mean, the people that are attracted to the blog as opposed to larger numbers as which we're typically uh, accustomed to considering. And the you question know, is, what came uh, first, the blog or the chicken or the egg? <laughs> or the visitor. The legendary yeah. Lars Larry Batsholm, executive creative director, AKQA, out of New York, and uh, we'll be uh, talking with Larry uh, Lars next hour. <laughs> See, i got to stop that. I'm going to start calling Yeah, you do. And uh, we uh, will be talking with Lars next hour as well on the advertising show. Lots more to come too with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Cut. Reload. That's a complicated-looking machine, isn't it? Funny thing is, a lot of people still think that taking home movies is that complicated, too. If that were true, believe me, I wouldn't take them. For instance, he's reloading the film. Let me show you how easy Kodak has made it for you and me with a Kodak Instamatic. Interesting to repurpose that ad, the clips of that ad with, from, with Dick Van Dyke and apply it to like a camera phone or something <laughs> like that of today. You know, you got the black and white, then you got to. That'd be That's cool. a good idea, right? Hey, let's do that, okay? Uh, not tomorrow, because. You're going fishing. Uh, and we're and, closed. And we're closed, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Lars will be back with us uh, next hour. We've got him for another uh, half hour or so. And uh, that'll be cool. Uh, we have uh, lots of good stuff going on for you uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the, the hurricane relief stuff. So many good things are happening in the background as well, right. Brad. Uh, you know, so many things are happening in a positive note. But... Uh, um, my goodness, those poor folks. And uh, um, I don't know. Anyway. Well, the mainstream media is very nagged out on this whole thing. And I occasionally see a positive uh, story. Right. But unfortunately, you know, it, it, they think, the mainstream media thinks, the consumer feeds on, you know, all this uh, the negativity. negative. Of course they uh, yeah, do. It's sensational. Well, and I, yeah, and so anyway, on a, on a more positive note, uh, j just as a, an off uh, off the cuff mention of something unrelated to the uh, Katrina disaster, Ed Shippel, uh, the owner and CEO of Shippel Technologies, who is our technology partner, has been a huge help. His entire staff has been a great help, including his first lieutenant uh, Kelly, uh, in helping us get our uh, new website, uh, newly revised website, I should say, to an RSS and podcasting capability. Stephanie Saratelli, associate producer, has been very much involved for months now. Tracy Prater, as you know, Ray, is a, a huge help behind the scenes for us in many, many different Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. He's mowing my lawn now. It's well, great. there you go. Thank little you. sidebar and extra money. He can always use the uh, the uh, streaming is finally back up after being off for a few weeks. Archives are getting there. We've got our little light on our mic uh, lit up here so our worldwide audience is listening online. You know, And we've received a lot of emails uh, complimenting the new site. Some are a little resistant to change wanting to know, you know, where are the old archives? But, you know, we've been re we've been re getting requests for podcasting for well over a year and a half now, pegged, you know, almost to shortly after Apple's uh, launch of the iPod. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I must say, uh, hats off to uh, Shippel. 
and, and all of his entire staff beyond just Kelly that have been working very diligently for many, many months now as we come down the uh, final stretch on getting our new site uh, up and running just as we had hoped for for, for the last few weeks. As far as, as the well, mystery of the, uh, the archives, they were in the back of Tracy's Jeep in a briefcase. <laughs> He's been carrying them around. True. And uh, we're good to get them back. You know, so it took some police action, but we did get them back. Thank you very much. Every week we look at the bad and the good of the advertising, and this week it just happens to be good. That's that's good to hear. And now it's time for the advertising show's advertising showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. Don't tell me this is a thing about a casino in Lake Charles, okay? No. Okay, no. good. Thank you. Yeah, good. yeah. The- that would have been bad. <laughs> That's true. The uh, no, this week's uh, this week's uh, advertiser showcase is about Hummer, and I know your your favorite uh, vehicle, Ray. You like you, you like your Hummer. I have three. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and it's interesting you say three because the title of this spot is Three Bears. It's a TV. It's a sixty second created by. Uh, modernista out of Boston, and if you haven't seen the spot, and very quickly, the spot opens with an interior shot of the living room of a of a very beautiful house, and you hear a car driving off in the background, and uh, you see a scan of the home's interior, and we hear keys jingling in the background. So the the fun part begins when these three bears uh, enter the house carrying suitcases, and the spot uh, begins to focus on a pile of mail at the front door, while the presumably Papa Bear now walks uh, towards the leather chair and has his mail in his hand and sits down. Next, we see Mama and Papa Bear both uh, in the kitchen looking around. Next, we hear Baby Bear growl, which I guess in bear talk is, Hey, Mommy, come here. And uh, Mommy and Papa Bear uh, run to the Baby Bear and find that uh, Baby Bear is in a living room, uh, in a bedroom, I should say, of what I guess would be perceived as the, the teen uh, child's room uh, there at this ha- at this particular house that they happen to be scavenging in. Uh, all of this uh, house searching continues on Ray until they finally arrive at the three car garage where slot number one opens, and Hummer H1 is revealed for Papa Bear. He's standing there, very cool, feeling that he's got his vehicle. Next, you see Mama Bear running towards the next uh, garage door opening, reveals uh, Black Hummer Two. Uh, H2, I should say, sitting uh, there in the garage. And next we see Baby Bear running towards the third garage door, and the garage door opens, and it reveals an empty space. Mm -hmm. So uh, Baby Bear starts to cry, which I think Ray is starting to cry right now if you turn up the uh, mic a little bit. The the, uh, Baby Bear is comforted by uh, Mama Bear only to push her away in anger that his Hummer is is not available. So we see a continuation of... of, uh, of this going now from a point of view of a young blonde woman driving the Hummer H3, presumably the one that's missing from the garage. And the uh, exterior shots of the Hummer winding through the roadway and so so on and so forth. The spot ends with the Hummer logo as well as the requisite uh, automotive disclaimer copy at the bottom. Uh, what I like about this spot, Ray, is that it is so, uh, you know, it's such a well-executed uh, and yet well-traveled uh, Goldilocks uh, story that the three bears uh, are incorporated in this nice uh, little lifestyle scene that truly nails who these cars are designed to appeal to. It shows beautiful upscale home. Uh, a, a beautiful upscale home, I should say, and it shows, uh, in this case, how each family member has their very own Hummer. Not that I think that would really exist except for at your house, Ray. And uh, by illustrating the, the spot that uh, the three bear scenario are tying the product categories back to the demo and gender of the particular bear and, uh, of course, consumer in our case, uh, I think, uh, you know, you, you got to understand that this really does engage you wondering, again, and we've seen a lot of this 
where you wait until the end of the spot to really deliver the message of who the advertiser is, mm-hmm. and it keeps you involved in the spot, which uh, is something that uh, a lot of advertisers are doing today. It, it, it's very positive, friendly, upbeat, and uh, does it in a, in a clever execution. So congratulations to Mondonista. Honda, uh, Honda, uh, Modernista Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, Hummer for this week's Advertiser Showcase. Honda, GM, it's all the what, same. What the heck? Yeah, yes. and Hummer is owned by GM. You're exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw a great spot like that for uh, for the uh, Los Angeles County Fair. Uh, same way. We should. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a clip well, of that. What would you be doing? Why would they be trying to get you to go to the Los Angeles County Fair? It's actually uh, working itself around the net. It's one so of it's those, a viral video. Exactly right. Hmm. Does that? it involve sex? Uh, what were the other two? Uh, a little bit. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually quite good, though. Very, very good. Uh, here in the Houston market, there is a furniture store, believe it or not, that has put out a spot this past week that's running for Labor Day. Won't say who it is. Uh-oh. They're doing a, a, a lady at a, a sitting at a news desk with breaking news. It's like, Uh-oh. if of Uh-oh. all the weeks that you want to have a breaking news spot, this ain't the week to do it, well, folks. You don't think that wasn't planned, do you? I mean, I don't think, I think there's no doubt that they, they're trying to take advantage of a, of a terrible uh, situation. That, that isn't something you go create a month ago before no, all this no. happens. This is pr- trying to play off of a tragedy. I haven't seen that spot, Ray, but yeah, I'm on my soapbox right now. It's, uh, I would go out of my way not to do business with this company. I don't know who it is you're talking about, but I'm sure our viewer, our listeners do. Yeah, if you want to know, uh, you can, of course, email us at the advertising show. Well, that's terrible. Unbelievable. You know, sadly, there are not a lot of great spots generated locally here. Okay, there should be, but there aren't, and that's basically a constriction of the of the advertisers not allowing the creatives to do their job. Right. But this is a real good example of just plain old bad, stupid, wrong Strategy. place, wrong time advertising. Yeah. What a shame. That's so terrible. good bad. We had another double in there. We've got <laughs> yeah. uh, the legendary Lars Batsholm, uh, executive creative director. Lars, by the way, I said, I'm going to go on your blog. You said, can't read it. It's in, it's in Danish. Yes. Right. <laughs> Which you know, um, is a great reason to have a Heineken. And I think if you have a few of them, which uh, are for, produced out of Holland, if you have yeah. enough, it actually begins to make sense, his, his blog. <laughs> or a ringness. You've never heard of that one, have you? No. But they're good. Executive Creative Director of AKQA out of New York, and that's where Lars is this weekend. We'll bring him back on next hour. Along with uh, Andy Borowitz and the Wacky World of Marketing, too, there's a website called Katrina.com, and we'll tell you about that. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Go to our website, theadvertisingshow.com, and you'll find out more about what's cooking here. The Advertising Show is sponsored by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. This is a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Our number two of the advertising show and being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising show, a big radio midgets production. And we've, uh, we'll continue our conversation this uh, hour with Lars Batsholm, executive creative director at AKQA out of New York. Um, 
and hope you'll stay with us. We've got uh, Andy Borowitz a little bit later on and uh, the Wacky World of Marketing as well. Uh, something about Katrina.com. This is an interesting story as well. It's not as wacky as it is interesting. Uh, that'll be cool. So we got that and a whole bunch of other stuff going on here too. Um, this is funny, Brad. It's a digital handheld scanner deployed by the Container Store. Container Store. It's kind of a cool store. Mm-hmm. Uh, enables shoppers to scan their credit card information at the register and then point and click at desired items wow. that ship to their homes the same day. That could be dangerous if you weren't sure wherever <laughs> you were pointing and clicking. You know, you'd buy <laughs> the uh, buy the three thousand dollar armoire as opposed to the twenty nine ninety five office chair. Mm-hmm. Container store research shows that customers who shop using its Go shop, scan, and deliver program by ten times more than shoppers cart away their purchases. Well, certainly, why wouldn't they want to have that happen? Uh, Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I wonder how much of that stuff comes back because you can't you can't point and click and get it back to the store. You got to get it back yourself. Hopefully, they have a little screen there that says, "Are these the products you want?" And Junior didn't get a hold of your clicker. Are you sure you want to make this purchase? Are you really sure? Yeah, so. you know, it, it's interesting that uh, Lars spoke last uh, hour about the importance of blogs and uh, in terms of its influence. Smaller numbers of people will arrive at a blog, but yet the influence of, of those members that do uh, arrive and participate in exchanging information at a blog or opinions at a blog will uh, have major influence uh, on down the road. But what, what I saw, Ray, what I th- thought was interesting here is web radio listeners, uh, those defined that uh, regularly or occasionally listen uh, are a highly active group of consumers with above-average levels of purchase intentions and are early adopters of other new media options, according to analysis by Big Research. The typical web radio listeners are between 18 to 44, highly male, uh, 59.6% are male, uh, with an average income of 54,300. But what was really interesting here is uh, the media which indexed uh, the highest for apparel purchases happens to be uh, blogs, instant messaging, mm-hmm. picture phones, and then radio. So uh, that's uh, in the category of apparel purchase influences. So... Uh, you know, it, it bears out exactly what Lars is talking about. If you can figure out how to get uh, some meaningful blog that you have something to say that's going to attract an exchange of, uh, of opinion and, and, uh, and others to your website, then, uh, you know, you, you have something very powerful there. And it's not about large numbers. It's about who. Who's, who's exactly, there? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's an interesting article about that. Along those same lines, out of the L.A. Times, it says, while creatives and clients agree that it's hard to predict which viral advertisements will catch fire with web users. The high failure rate is obviated by the low production cost and elimination of airtime costs. Uh, so that's interesting. As mm-hmm. one marketer told the L.A. Times, but at least with this viral advertising, if you lay an egg, it's not going to bury you. It's mm-hmm. not, there goes my advertising budget for the year. Interesting, right. huh? Yeah, it is interesting. And, uh, you know, this whole thing about monetizing uh, blogs, uh, figuring out how to... Uh, realize uh, a profit or, or make money from online uh, radio broadcast exclusively uh, it's it's a it's a strange and interesting world we live in and it's all being figured out on the on the fly so mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned last hour Ray and I want to mention again very quickly the uh, website nolanola.com uh, that being the website, website for the New Orleans Times Picune, has put out a call for skilled producers who want to work on a temporary basis for uh, the website. They're seeking freelance help uh, in the weeks and possibly months ahead. 
that I guess would be primarily news writers and the newspapers operations uh, although they have uh, transferred their off offices to Baton Rouge for those that are interested uh, they're not considered uh, requiring those to uh, those freelancers to have to relocate to Baton Rouge, but rather work wherever they happen to be currently located. And if you're interested in this, online news professionals uh, in, in helping out NOLA.com, NOLA.com, are being asked to send email to J-T-E-R-R-I-T-O, J-T-E-R-R-I-T-O at advance. Net. And if you uh, can't write that down because you're in your car or can't remember it, send an email to the advertising show and we'll get that uh, that email address too. Or we could try this. Hey, Brad, what was that email address again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Isn't that lousy when people try to do a radio spot? Tell me again. So what was it? And how long does the sale last? You're kidding. Oh, my goodness. I've got to get down there now. Wait, wait, wait. You're describing radio. Uh, <laughs> Kia is launching a new marketing blitz. And I know you've been holding off on getting that new Kia. This is good. Are you talking about the car? The Kia, yeah. Kia Motorsport, oh. Kia Motors America. Spreading the yeah. word advertising campaign kicks off uh, Labor Day tomorrow with a major online push, television commercials, print ads uh, in USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the guy's name who is the uh, the VP of marketing, his name is Ian Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> and his assistant? I don't know. Butthead. <laughs> you know, I, I understand people have to laugh at the last name of Beavis, but uh, how, how sad it's kind of been, you know, tainted a little bit there yeah. as well. So there That's terrible. Yeah, and, you know, you got to worry. The only worst, you know, I guess it could have been Hyundai, you know, or, or Yugo. Yugo's gone, I guess, yeah. <laughs> They're way gone. They, they yeah. may be in some other country. Maybe, Maybe in Mexico be, at this point in time. Who knows? I think it'll be like the uh, the DeLorean. It may become a collector's item that people will clamor over at some later date. Well, the DeLorean was kind of a cool car. Yeah, it was. It was neat. I see some around occasionally, and they they're not Absolutely. they don't rust. Because they are stainless. They are stainless, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they go with your new refrigerator. That's Madonna true. celebrities to Madonna and other celebs to promote a new uh, iTunes enabled phone. Uh, Motorola has pulled together an all-star cast of musicians led by Madonna to promote the Apple iTunes enabled Roker R O K R phone. A highly anticipated phone set to debut this coming week on the uh, Singular Network as well. So that's hmm. a cool deal as well. Why wouldn't they get Al to promote that? Because it's missing an E. Uh, R O K R. There's part of the creative right there, missing the E, as in E commerce, E online. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? He was doing hey, the uh, Do we have time very quickly? You Come heard on. about this major deal, uh, this Rome uh, program that's uh, on HBO. Have you been hearing about this? No, but tell me. Well, well, apparently uh, Rome, uh, HBO's trip to Rome, they call it, has has been a dud in, in some ways and not, not that, that, but a little bit of a success. But the reason that it's been so critical, uh, writers have been critical of this, is that it was a free weekend uh, for the pay cable network to offer to consumers, and yet the first episode of the uh, epic series attracted only 3.8 million total mm -hmm. viewers this past Sunday, slightly less than the 3.9 million who tuned into the series final of the uh, six feet under uh, previous uh, Sunday broadcast. So, uh, and, and when just to compare, 5.3 million uh, watched the series premiere of Carnival, uh, 5.8 million who uh, saw Deadwood debut as well. So, you know, in comparison, uh, the numbers were not there. But what the key here, I think, is that HBO did a poor job. You hadn't heard about it of of, of the promotion. That uh, people, if you had cable, you could go and uh, just click on to HBO and view. Uh, the uh, premiere of uh, Rome, and nobody knew about it, apparently. 
Well, they were using the same uh, uh, ad agency that FEMA uses, you see. <laughs> well, actually, he was the account executive and the creative uh-huh. director. What, what is that, that guy's guy name? Yeah. What is that guy with the with no hair and the and the beard? What's his name? The director of FEMA. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, well, I saw him on TV today. Yeah, did. That's surprising. Uh, he was on CNN. That's okay. Well, let, let me take it this way. It won't be much longer. Yeah, he, he's lacking his hair, but he's got a little bit of a beard. Mm-hmm. I, I understand Bush has been yanking on the beard lately. I think that's going to go here soon. <laughs> I'm too. sure. I'm sure. The man's in pain, no doubt about it. We've got uh, Lars Batsholm coming up uh, here in just a moment. If you were with us, hour number one, he's going to be with us uh, again this hour. Executive Creative Director at AKQA. And uh, what we're going to do is take a break, and uh, we'll bring Lars back in just a moment and talk about Copenhagen or something like that, right? Not the not the tobacco, the country. Back in just a minute on the advertising show. You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. B.J. Thomas. There's a whole new way of living. Pepsi helps survive the drive. It's got a lot to give to those who like to live. Because Pepsi helps them come alive. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, welcome back. We've got... Uh, our special guest out of New York this weekend, his name is Lars Bathholm, Executive Creative Director at AKQA out of New York. you got to go to their website and uh, check that out. It is, let me go get it, it is AKQA.com. There you go. There you go. So, Lars, uh, welcome back to the Advertising Show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, and by the way, Ray, you mentioned AKQA is a, a, an outstanding company. You ever heard of a few of their clients, Nike, the Coca-Cola company? And, again, Lego, which would you mind removing those from mm-hmm. out of the studio, Ray? Well, it's, it's the enjoyable Legos. here. The Legos, that's fine. <laughs> Legos well, yeah, has come a long way, too. My goodness. It, it, <laughs> if you're a company that is known by the clients you keep uh, or the company you keep, the companies you keep, uh, it's an outstanding company, I should say. Uh, let's jump into talking a little bit about some of your clients, Lars, if we can uh, – some of your recent campaigns, uh, more recently, I guess, as October 2004, AKQA launched its Xbox uh, Halo 2 video game with an online branding campaign spanning some 19 countries. Describe the online strategy, Lars, if you would, for this client and how uh, it was different than previous Xbox campaigns. Sure. Love to. Uh, well, for those listeners who were with us in the last hour, we spoke about viral marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the Xbox campaign that um, we did for the launch of the game Halo 2 was, uh, was pretty much an example of, uh, of viral advertising when it works. Um, what we did was to create um, a website that was in a, in a language uh, that no human being had ever seen before. We essentially created an alien alphabet. And the entire site, there wasn't any uh, Earth language on there at all. The whole site was in an alien language. So why would you want to do that? Um, this is probably the next question you have to me, right? Well, uh, that was right here on my page. <laughs> it's, uh, describe how the idea for the covenant language uh, came about. So, yeah. Yeah. So we figured one thing that gamers are known for uh, is 
that they like a mystery and they like how, they like getting the opportunity to solve um, a riddle that somebody poses them. Um, and to our enormous surprise, we were kind of thinking it's going to be at least two, three, four days or so until they crack the language and the alphabet sort of becomes public. But monitoring uh, gaming blogs and gaming communities uh, online and they're seeing how people were working together uh, to try and crack the alphabet. And it literally only took them 24 hours to wow. figure out this whole alphabet uh, from mm. A to Z and wow. decode uh, the website. And the buzz around it was just, just amazing. So, um, yeah, I guess if you want to do something viral that works, just do it in an invented language. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, but yet I don't. I guess that, what is that? We got rude, funny, and sexual as the three elements that must be a part of a viral marketing <laughs> campaign. Would you mind identifying one of those three in that uh, description you just gave? Yes, I think here we're talking uh, that it's funny because you, yeah. you sort of slowly start discovering. Oh, this is an E. Oh, this is an A. And then yeah. you find out that a lot of the, uh, what's in there is really uh, pretty cryptic and there's communication from this alien uh, culture that's about to invade the uh, invade the earth well um, I, sorry, I was just going to say i guess it takes a, a company like xbox uh, a forward-thinking video game company to to be willing to take those kind of risks uh, what do you think lars well like like i said earlier obviously if you want to do something that has viral uh, potential sometimes you have to go a little bit beyond what you would normally do and mm-hmm. let them um, let your your users or your um your target group do sort of the work of spreading uh, spreading the communication for you. It's, uh, it's it's not easy to do something that you know is inherently viral from uh, from the beginning. Do you have some numbers? Uh, I know you said they figured a lot of uh, large numbers figured that out within 24 hours. Do you have some numbers that we can uh, that you can share with us to give us a sense of the success of the Halo 2 campaign? I am not at liberty to share numbers for uh, yeah. for stuff we do, unfortunately. Well, we were looking for a scoop there, but I guess <laughs> uh, we, we'll wait for that. They uh, trained uh, me we, well. Yeah, well, good. Uh, they wound you up right before you came on and, and, and programmed you. Video games uh, impacting broadband and mobile carriers, do you see that coming about anytime soon? Absolutely. I mean, I think gaming is, is something that you can really get uh, a community behind. And the funny thing is the average age of gamers is now up to about 28 years old. Um, there's a whole group of, of people out there that grew up with video games and uh, where people used to sort of put gaming aside when they grew up and they got a family, etc. Uh, now it looks as if they won't. Gaming is sort of an ingrained thing uh, that people keep doing uh, no matter what life stage they're in. Mm-hmm. So any advertiser, um, an advert gaming has become enormously popular. Well, it has actually been for the last three, four years or so. So you see so many brands, like some of the brands I worked on myself, like Nike, producing uh, quite high-quality uh, soccer games uh, online that the users would come and play in, in, in the thousands, if not millions. Yeah, you know, uh, just recently we featured uh, Audi in their stolen campaign as a bad advertising item of the week uh, to promote their A3 model. Many people are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our criticism was that the URL link was not directed to a microsite but to the A3 sales page from AudiUSA.com. And, you know, we feel that uh, if you're going to do something like that, you should be 100% committed to the fictitious mm-hmm drama strategy, if that's uh, a direction you're taking. I felt that maybe it was a compromise that uh, somewhere along the line the agency uh, was told by the client we want them first to have to visit the A3 sales page before we deliver them to uh, ultimately what was a microsite that was created by uh, by uh, Audi. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with our thinking on that? I absolutely share your sentiment. I think if you want to do something like that and give it that big of a push to drive people there, you should do it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Were you familiar? Did you did you go uh, log on and see that it was at the A3 sales page? I did notice that, yes. And I think you're completely right that, that somebody somewhere has said, all right, we'll, we'll put it up there, but they, it has to go through the official channels. 
Well, you know, we're critical of a lot of uh, a lot of stuff out there, and it's good to to know when you hear from somebody at your level that you agree that it makes us feel better. Especially Ray, who's very critical <laughs> of a lot of advertising out there, and mm-hmm. and I try to keep a uh, keep wraps on him, but he just likes to you know reach out and grab the neck of uh, these furniture reach stores out and, and touch someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> furniture store. Ray's uh, got a new order of furniture coming next week from a company locally in Houston, and they're going to be changing their ad campaign soon as well, and they're going to hire Ray uh, to do just that uh, very quickly what are the common mistakes Lars you see so often today in web design and interactive uh, interactive strategy well I mean, do you have like six hours um, <laughs> no, about 60 seconds <laughs> yeah a minute a minute well the most most common mistakes well most of them are just boring um, they, there doesn't seem to be any reason for uh, them being there aside from uh, the company sort of deciding yes we obviously need to have a web presence and um, then they sort of just dig into the grab bag of the possible things to do out there without really sitting down and thinking, how is it that this particular brand uh, of ours can do something that is different, something um, that is, is useful to the uh, consumers and something that they might want to engage with. So differentiation and engagement is what you're saying. Yes. That mm-hmm. was good. That was less than 60 seconds, Lars. That, that was. Now how are we going to fill this extra time we have, right? Well, we could talk about our favorite Copenhagen beers, I guess. I don't know. Uh, possibly, Carlsberg? Uh, yeah, like and, Carlsberg? and actually, Lars and I were speaking about uh, uh, Ringness, which is a Norwegian beer. Uh, can can you get good. that here in the U.S.? You can, yes. You just have to look for it, that's all. So well, hand me one over there. It's okay. right there in the corner. Yeah. Make that bottle top sound effect again. <laughs> <laughs> Lars Batsholm, Executive Creative Director, AKQA, out of New York, and uh, back with more in just a minute on The Advertising Show. Decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. Ella Fitzgerald. She's attempting to shatter a glass with her amplified voice. She did it. You are now hearing the Memorex cassette tape recording we just made of Ella. On the Advertising Show, it's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and uh, Ella Fitzgerald breaking glasses again. Legendary Lars Batsholm. Uh, AKQA, Executive uh, Creative Director out of New York this weekend. But before we get back to, uh, before we get back to, uh, uh, the interview with Lars, we talked before about this website. It's Katrina.com. It was owned by a lady named, and still is, yeah. named Katrina. Let's, I saw that. let's listen to what goes on here. And now it's time for the wacky world of marketing. Wacky world of marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update heads to Richmond, Virginia, where wacky has turned into a good cause. AP reports Katrina Blankenship is far from Hurricane Katrina's devastation, but her website has become a clearinghouse for disaster information. Her Internet address is Katrina.com, which she had used for her web design and consulting business. She says at first she was shocked to be getting so many phone calls and emails, but now Blankenship has turned her site over to information about hurricane relief efforts. The Richmond, Virginia area woman says people even want to buy her web address. She says one man offered her a half a million dollars but katrina.com is not for sale blankenship says she'll keep her site focused on hurricane relief for as long as it's needed 
And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Okay, so she was offered a half a million bucks to buy the site, to sell the site, and she turned it down. Yeah, that's uh, she's wacky, all right. Yeah, I guess that would be the wacky part of the wacky world of marketing, wouldn't <laughs> mm-hmm. it? <laughs> Lars Batsholm is our special guest, uh, Executive Creative Director, AKQA, out of New York. And uh, welcome back to the show, Lars. Thank you. Yeah, and by the way, any of our listeners that are interested in learning more about Lars and his uh, blog, it's uh, Batsholm. If you want to know how to spell that, just go to our website. It's it's Lars' last name, B-A-S-T-H-O-L-M-E. Uh, strike the E. H-O-L-M. Yeah, sorry, dot blogspot.com. There's a great picture of uh, Lars in front of the Brooklyn Bridge. It was, I think, taken right after they got him down off of the uh, bridge one, e- one evening. When oh, he yeah, was look, the police day. are around him and everything. That's great. Yeah. It is a good shot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, let's let's jump into a little bit of uh, you know you can't read a, a trade publication without uh, hearing about Lars. He's quoted all over the place, and uh, Ad, Ad Age recently quoted uh, Lars uh, as saying the whole interactive term was corrupted a couple of years ago. I love the work for one uh, for BMW Films, and of course, uh, just as I say that, I think it's crazy that we're still talking about. Uh, or using BMW Films as the most quoted reference when we talk about that particular genre. But uh, yet you would say that is not really what an interactive project is. Give us some insight, Lars, if you could, to the true meaning of interactive. Well, I think this this whole discussion uh, about what interactivity is uh, was really prompted when BMW Films launched back in uh, in 2001. Um, I happened to be on the jury down in Cannes for the Cyber Lions that year, and um, there were about 16 of us on the jury from all over the world, and we started discussing what is interactivity really. And is interactivity just clicking a button? Uh, is it interacting uh, on such a simple level that you just click a button and then a video plays out in front of you? Is that really interactivity? Did we want to award that? Um, I mean, to me, there's no doubt that BMW Films is great content. Uh, that's really what it was. And uh, I think the only reason why we keep referring back uh, to BMW Films as a great broadband project is because it was really the first that sort of utilized the bandwidth to stream really good content into um, into the homes of uh, all the computer users. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was sort of in, in doubt back then whether uh, the medium was going in that direction. Should it be just another channel for serving up uh, film clips or even 30-second spots, if you will, um, was that what it was uh, turning into? Was it sort of being co-opted by the uh, old world, quote-unquote, of marketing um, mm-hmm. as just another challenge to serve up the 30-second spots on? So that kind of prompted the discussion as to what is interactivity. Um, what's interesting is I've, I've, to a certain degree, changed my mind over the last four years because as broadband has become more and more of a reality everywhere, uh, it's now 57%, I think, is the last number I saw in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have broadband connections. Uh, you can actually serve up some some really good uh, video stuff in there, and that seems to be where the medium is going. More and more uh, of the things that we're asked to do end up being uh, delivered in video format of some sort. So, um, so BMW Films kind of opened up the back uh, for what what you can also do online, what can what interactivity can also be. I still think that that more engagement with uh, the communication that uh, that's online is is the holy grail of what you're doing, and I think. The holy grail for us in, in online advertising uh, right now is trying to figure out how can you interact more with video. Since video seems to be becoming the standard, and then how do you take the next step and make video more interactive rather than just a lean back and watch experience? 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. We see some misuses of video out there often where it's just used to make an announcement and push forth information to uh, an online uh, user, which is really just taking a traditional uh, uh, a traditional approach and bringing it online. You mentioned uh, something that's in the news here recently. Microsoft just this past week announced a new venture to bring digital TV programs and video online. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure you read that, uh, Lars. How close are we to this becoming a reality? Well, I think we're closer than, uh, I mean, I think TV over IP, if you will allow me to be a little bit technical uh, for a second, sure. where basically the whole channel metaphor of people being at a specific point, or channels being a specific point of a dial, and you sort of going to the channel, uh, is, is disappearing. It's all going to be about programming, and it's going to be about having the best uh, programming. So people will be loyal to a show, uh, not to a channel. That's already uh, the case today, but it's going to be so uh, even more in the future when you can basically call up whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. Yeah, and uh, for those not familiar, we mentioned uh, a week ago, I believe it was a week ago, when we had Joe Jaffe on The Long Tail, uh, an article that really speaks to this. And just Google the words The Long Tail, and you'll see a wonderful uh, long article about exactly what Lars is talking about there, which really is where the consumer's in control of programming as opposed to uh, being it pushed out through various channels uh, of executives in New York uh, media uh, deciding for you consumers what you're going to consume in, in, in that form. It's now going to be selected by you, the consumer. What, what, once we are to a reality on uh, television IP, uh, are there metrics in place for audience measurement and determining a value for advertising? Well, I think once once that does happen, it means that the entire business model of, uh, of network TV, as it's known today, is completely broken, even more so than it already is. Because Essentially, the, the, the deal is that uh, we give you entertainment, um, and uh, in, in, um, in return for that, you give us some of your time to see messages from sponsors that then, in the end, pay for, um, for producing the entertainment. Um, and once, once you don't have that, and, uh, that the messaging space and you only have the programming, how do you finance the programming? Um, how do you figure out uh, how to get the money to actually go out and shoot these TV shows? So I think until we sort of figure out how that's going to happen, uh, since people will still want their entertainment, um, but who's going to pay for it? Will you pay per view for everything, um, or is it going to be a different business model cropping up? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, I was on Salon.com uh, this past week. If you've been to Salon.com, you'll see that you can either subs- uh, prescribe to that content or you can view a uh, a short video announcement. I obviously viewed the uh, short announcement. I paid attention to the thing, and, and I, I found that model to really uh, work for me. Uh, is that really kind of where the market's going? I thought it was a great idea for Salon to be doing that, and I, it's the only one that I've seen do this. Well, good content doesn't create itself. I mean, it has to be sponsored somehow. And, and right now, I think a lot of people are trying different models uh, as to how to finance it. Um, you know, they used to say um, when broadband started becoming a reality that everybody would be a programmer. So, uh, and it's interesting you bring up the long tail because what they were talking about then was that, of course, you'd have Poodle TV somewhere for the uh, tens of thousands of Poodle fanatics all over the world. <laughs> I mean, every interest would have its own TV channel. Uh, what nobody really thought about back then was, um, well, it actually takes quite a bit of effort and skill and talent to produce TV that people want to watch. It's not mm-hmm. something you just run out and buy a, a video camera and start doing. So 
you got to find out how to pay all these talented people for their skills. And whether that be in, in pay-per-view for everything, whether it be saying, all right, um, we, we have to enter into a new agreement that uh, you actually uh, watch this announcement because I give you what you want, as uh, Salong are doing, I'm not sure. I think there's a myriad of models uh, still to be tried out. We're going to uh, have to take a commercial break here on the Advertising Show. Thanks to Lars Batsholm, Executive Creative Director, AKQA, back in just a minute with more. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. America's the greatest land of all. On a highway Not only a great singer... Of her, her era, a good friend of, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, who am I Burt thinking? Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, yeah, okay. You used and, to date uh, her, didn't you? I, <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, she did a, a lot of great stuff as well with the, with the LPGA Tour. She was a big yeah. proponent of, of growing that to, into what it is today as well. The Dinosaur what, Classic? What is, yeah, I guess it would be the Dinosaur Classic, yeah. No, it's no longer that? called it. Well, that's no, no longer called the Dinosaur Classic, but yes, oh. that was a part of that, so it's kind of cool. Oh. Uh, so that's Dinah, and uh, we thank, uh, we thank uh, Lars for that. We had to say goodbye to him very abruptly and quickly here, but if you want to find out more about what Lars does and about what AKQA is all about, go to AKQA.com, and, and uh, said, you'll see that. Or we could yeah. just give him, why don't we just give out his home phone number here? We've got it. Well, I have well. a cell number here. Do you? Okay, well, yeah. let's, let's do that. No, we're we'll just post joking. it on our website. Put it on a new blog, somebody's blog. Katina. Yeah, we'll put it in Danish. Katina.com. Uh, Sunday, September 11th. Next weekend is September 11th again. Wow. Huh? My goodness. Uh, Alan Gorman is our uh, guest uh, next weekend, uh, author of Briefs for Building Better Brands. And the, and Briefs for Building Better Brands. <laughs> And and I wonder if they said, uh, okay, good. I wonder if they sat yes. around and tried to figure that one out. Well, Alan Gorman also wrote the book "She Sells Seashells by the Seashore." <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> anyway, you know, we'll when you hear nine eleven, you think about uh, almost four years ago when we launched this show, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people suggested thirty days after nine eleven when we were scheduled to debut this show. Right. You're crazy. You need to wait. Uh, you know, advertising is going to have a huge turn down, blah, blah, blah. And we decided we're going to ignore that. <laughs> Timing is overrated. Full do what ahead. you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And looking back on it, biggest mistake we ever made. No, we're glad that we, uh, we're glad we did that, aren't we? <laughs> yes, exactly. You're yeah. exactly right. This is also Labor Day weekend, by the way, Brent. You don't have to come in tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. It's good. You got the day off with pay. My, sure. my. Uh, <laughs> Andy Borowitz has a column this week for us about lazy columnists. If you think you've heard this before and you've been a long-time listener of the advertising show, the answer is yes, you've heard this before. Let's go for it. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the advertising show. And now here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. In a phenomenon that occurs every year, the week before Labor Day, national columnists across America file pointless, content-free filler columns, enabling the lazy scribes to hit the beach earlier, according to observers who have been following this trend. 
The filler columns are churned out in a manner of minutes with no loftier goal than meeting a deadline and filling up space, meaning that columnists will often resort to using the same words or phrases again and again and again and again and again. And rather than doing any original writing, the slothful columnist will rely on so-called experts to supply them with quotes to fill up space, experts say. They'll often quote people you never heard of, says Harold Crimmins, an expert in the field of filler columns. It's pretty shameless. The typical filler column is often a reprint of a previously published column, but the writer will later plug in one cursory reference to current events, such as the Cindy Sheehan controversy, to disguise the fact. And in order to fill up space even faster, Crimmins says the lazy beach-bound columnist will compose his summer filler columns with short paragraphs. Many of these paragraphs will be as short as one sentence, he says. Or shorter, he adds. There are other telltale signs a reader can look for in order to determine whether a writer has in fact filed a so-called filler column, according to Crimmins. One of these is a tendency to repeat information that the reader has already read earlier in the article, with columnists even stooping to using the same quote twice. They'll often quote people you've never heard of, Crimmins says. Other tip-off is the column ends. Abruptly. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. That's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Who better to write a code of ethics than a person who basically uh, took money from the federal government, right? That's what I'm Has saying. Has no ethics. Yeah, yeah right. Former Ogilvy and Mathers executive Shona Seifert, who was sentenced in July to 18 months in prison for her part in overbilling the Government uh, Office of National Drug uh, Control Policy, the ONDCP, submitted an 18-page code of ethics to the U.S. District Court judge as part of her sentence. That was part of her sentence. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Yeah. In the document, Seifert spells out the importance of having executive oversight of billing. Hmm. You know, <laughs> she probably just sat in a room and said, what would you do? And then she wrote the opposite yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be able to figure out what to tell everybody else. That you know, it, that is a weird uh, sentence, but, uh, yeah, it's very strange. You know, I was going to mention, I thought the, na- the name, uh, who, what's the name of the lady that, uh, the young lady that was also known as the runaway bride? You you did a deal on Will her Banks. several weeks. Will Banks. Will Banks, exactly. Yeah. Leno did a, uh, it was a, a rerun. Uh, but Leno, one of the funniest things Leno does, and you and I are bigger fans of Letterman than Leno, yeah. but uh, the funniest thing that Leno does, I think he's got two really good things going. It's that uh, uh, thing that he goes around and, and has these uh, interviews with people on the streets, and then he uh, he also does this uh, jaywalking thing where he has these wacko, uh, he also has wacko people on that he asks them legitimate questions that they should know the answer to, and they give these weird answers. But another thing that he does are these existing interviews where he goes in and edits his own questions to an existing interview. I think Katie Couric, NBC, did an interview with uh, The Runaway Bride, and then he comes uh, several weeks ago, and uh, maybe a few months ago, and then he came back in and edited his own questions uh, into uh, into an existing interview with uh, Will Banks, and i got to tell you, it, it was very funny. Did you catch that, Ray? No, I sure didn't. I wish I yeah. would have, though. He, he highlighted her eyes, you know. <laughs> I mean, she's got that look, you know, that uh, truly the headlight and the uh, the deer in the headlight look. She's right, got that right. going. <laughs> and then him, he's, he's sitting there saying he wants to marry her regardless of this. Uh, okay. I understand he's also a... Uh, 
a uh, uh, a long a long range. Uh, he's what a uh, what, what word am I looking for? He's a runner. Okay. He's, he's a marathon long distance runner. Yeah, he's a long runner. distance runner, and that's why he wants to marry her. He feels like it'll be kind of a you know kind of a game they play throughout their life. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You would think. <laughs> well, why funny. is this guy still hanging in there? Can he not get a date? I do not know, and uh, no, you're probably right. Maybe he should go to eHarmony.com, <laughs> product placement. True. <laughs> Here's something for you and me and those other folks who have gotten older and a little bit grayer. Uh, the Seniors Advocate Group, AARP, says it will put an advertising supplement in all but two newspapers in the United States this weekend uh, to promote next year's Medicare Prescription Drug Benefit Plan. Group's uh, CEO says the organization is prepared to spend as much on these ads as the $5.5 million it spent opposing Social Security changes, but also is still calling for changes in the program that affects drug prices. $5.5 million could go a long way to helping mm-hmm. out in the cost of the Medicare and the, uh, the stuff like that as well. Sure. I understand what we've got to talk about it. But, uh, what two papers are they not going in? Because I want to buy those two. <laughs> I don't know. This was, the, this was in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, so maybe it's well, maybe it's this. Uh, maybe it's <laughs> who knows? I'm wondering if, it's, if it was identified by younger audiences, and that's how they determined they didn't go to those two newspapers. Who knows? Possible. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, we look forward to uh, to Alan Gorman uh, coming up on the advertising show next weekend, author of Peter Piper Picked a Peck of Pickle Peppers, <laughs> yeah. also known as Briefs for Building Better Brands. Yeah. Boy, better warm Practice up the old that. mouth before we get to next week's show, no yeah. doubt about that. And uh, enjoy, enjoy talking to Lars, Larry Bassholm this weekend. <laughs> you know, Brad, he really likes his new identity. and I, I, I say, you know, go with it, Larry, Lars. Why not? Okay, we'll uh, invite you to go to the Advertising Show website, theadvertisingshow.com, to find out more about what's going on with RSS and uh, podcasts and so on and so forth as well. And hope you can join us uh, next week here at the Advertising Show. Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can go to Advertising Age Magazine and online, that's adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.